Earbud Media. Audio for everyone. Hi, I'm Shayna. And I'm Bryce. And this is and Welcome to Charm Dispelcast. Ah, shit. <laughs> with the really nice hair and a penchant for 90s style and kicking ass and taking names when names are worthwhile and knowing how to fight like girls in this patriarchal demon infested world they're the charmed ones they're the charmed ones they're the charmed ones charmed Hi everyone, uh, my name is Shayna, <laughs> and I'll be taking you on a journey in into my very cluttered psyche. So today on Manor Keeping, I would like to uh, actually sweep out the manor because I have been doing a lot of writing and a lot of watching of films and TV over the past few weeks, months, really, years. Um, as my as my MA in cinema studies might suggest, but particularly over the last few weeks, it just it just happened to it just happened to happen <laughs> that I had about like five or six different writing assignments, and I've actually had like a dozen, a good dozen since January. That for some reason this year is my year to tell people what I think about movies in a serious journalistic capacity, um, which I'm, I'm very unused to. I'm, I'm used to just, you know, telling people what I think in, uh, in plain spoken jokes, but now I'm expected to actually write whole things and like use keen insight. So I have been cramming my brain full of like media history and theory and relations to like how we view ourselves on screen and things like that and my brain is just so full and so I want to take this moment to just take a breath and like imagine a little person with a broom (laughs) in in the manner of my mind just kind of sweeping and like maybe not sweeping everything out necessarily but like I'm imagining myself in the attic of the charmed manor and and a person with a broom is just like sweeping a little clean floor and like putting things into boxes. Yeah, I like it. And like very neatly uh just like sorting things so that if I need them for later I can have them. But since what I really need right now is space, just like making some space. Hmm. So uh if you will <laughs> Come with me. You may not have been thinking strictly about media as something that that you've needed to kind of box away and like get rid of so you have more room in your brain. But whatever it is that's been like cluttering up your your brain and cluttering up your um your emotional clarity, just like a little sweep. A little, a little settle. So Wow, <sighs> that was a fun exercise to start off the podcast with. Get everyone to oh. reorganize their thoughts. Yeah, yeah. We're we're trying it. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> we'll see how it goes. Yeah. But yeah, that's I needed I needed a a literal manner keeping. Mm-hmm. Um and figurative manner keeping of my brain because all that's been stored up there have been just like screen time sorts of things. Mm-hmm. And uh and particularly uh, I'm I'm happy to report so much of the screen time has been queer film, and I'm very lucky to be able to write about that. Um, and then, as as Bryce knows, today, the day of the podcast, uh, I just released my longest newsletter yet. And I did not know it was the longest one. It read very it, easily. It was, thank you. I'm so glad to hear that. It's, it was the longest one yet, and it required hours and hours of media just of actor uh beneficiary of of so many of our our laughs um Catherine Hahn her her filmography so when i close my eyes i just see Catherine Hahn <laughs> <laughs> 
And I love her, but I, I need the space in my, my brain manner. Mm-hmm. Um, do you also want to share... Did we already talk about Tribeca last time? I feel like no, because it started, like, last week. Oh, uh, I don't think so. Yeah, I guess not. Oh, I'm, I've, I've mentioned this, because we've been doing this podcast for, like, two years now. Oh, that's much too long. More than two years. Oh, jeez Louise. Well, and we're only on the second season. Um, <laughs> slow and steady. Yeah. Yeah, but some sometime during the last, you know, however many episodes I've mentioned that I've I've either written for... I've been press at Tribeca Film Festival or I've been working for them. And this year I'm working for them again. So, yeah, I started a, a new temporary full-time job. Mm-mm, temporary <laughs> <temporary> full-time. <laughs> but I it's know. in a... It's in a um... What do, what, do, what do I say? Um, ah, promoted capacity. It is. It is in a promoted capacity. Um, so I'm. That's that's another part of watching just so much media, just so much hours. Oh, how do I've, we do it I've again watched... just for this podcast? God, what are we thinking? <laughs> we do this for you, the fan. You, you, Liana Kindler. Uh, I wonder, Liana. Uh, every time we've said your name on this podcast, have you have you like taken a little recording of it? Because I think you should. <laughs> oh, I keep we keep saying that we're gonna put her on the pod, and we never do. Yeah, well, maybe for the end of an episode song for one of your songs, you can just remix like all the times so we've said her name. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> I would have to dig through our different audio files. I'm sure if I just uh, throw a stone, we'll say her name, like, uh, I keep wanting to say on time, but no, like clockwork, that's it, that's it. Ooh, <laughs> I got it, I got there. You did, congratulations. Thank you. It's most stressful for me. Um, wait, so, do you want to continue updating the fan about Tribeca? Yeah, sure. So, I, well, I'm just once again working for them, <laughs> uh, for the Tribeca Film Festival. I've watched about... 30 films in the last uh, three weeks for solely for Tribeca and it's going to be a really interesting year. It's been a really interesting year for film festivals because of course some have had to cancel altogether, some have postponed and some have moved entirely virtual and we're all exploring this brave new world of people being able to access new films that aren't seen anyone else, uh, aren't seen anywhere else rather uh, but now in a virtual space. So I am glad that they're more accessible. Um, that's always a great thing. And I think that there will be a component of this online portion that stays for a lot of festivals, even after we're all afforded the ability to meet in person again. Because it just it just lets more people see the work that they really want to see. Um, but I also, of course, I miss... You know, being in a theater with people reacting to the very first showing of something that literally no one else has ever seen. So that's something I'm thinking about as I'm as I'm plugging along. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there is something really nice and communal about movie theaters. Plus, movie theater popcorn. Ugh. Movie theater popcorn. I I have been eating that anyway. <laughs> I will say, at home. Yeah. Watch I, movies at home club. I am pretty interested in seeing what movie theater going will look like post pandemic. Um I de- I think definitely it was already changing um just by nature of there being so many streaming platforms. Mm-hmm. But I can see it becoming more experiential um in the future. Like a lot of um stores have what do they call them? Flagship stores now, and they're like, they're like Disneyland's basically. They're very much built up to be an experience um, because otherwise you would just order online. So the reason why you would go to a flagship store like a brick and mortar would be because you can like take pictures of yourself in there, and it's just more than actually buying the product. But I don't know. There's like conveyor belts of products, and it's like fancy and stuff like that. Right. Totally. Yeah. Creating creating an aesthetic that you can't get simply from from shopping online Mm -hmm. yeah no that's something that movie theaters have 
we're we're definitely trying to do in terms of like becoming more luxurious and some movie theaters had like full ass menus and it was like a restaurant at a theater and those like really comfy uh lounge chairs and things like that um but i i think that coming back to movies is going to be like a religious experience for some people mm-hmm. i think it really is because there are very few people who have the ability to experience like that sound and that picture and and like you said the communal experience of like laughing or booing or cheering or just like holding your breath mm-hmm. in a in a theater that size at home i don't know that many you know millionaires so who knows maybe our listeners are all millionaires and have their own theaters but i i think it's going to be something like a revival. Ooh, interesting. Yeah, I, I can definitely see that. It's a communion of sorts. And I actually was thinking that there'd be a revival not just in uh, movie theater going in general, but in um, like art house movie theaters. Um, like those will mm. gain a lot more traction and become, I don't know, more mainstream. Yeah, I I hope so. You know, I hope that art house theaters are just fucking flushed with cash (laughs) (laughs) and they're able to continue showing whatever movies don't get uh, play play playtime in like wide releases. I'm almost positive that no one has ever heard the phrase art house theaters flush and the words flush with cash in the same sentence. (laughs) I know I can dream. I mean, you gotta manifest it. Put that, put that thought into the universe. Are you, are you looking forward to anything? Have you started looking forward to anything now that there is a higher, I guess, a higher probability of people being vaccinated? And you're, you know, everyone. Well, not everyone, because people right. are making choices to not get the vaccine. To which I say, bullshit. <laughs> right, um, but like a potentially brighter future. Yeah. That's a good question. I honestly have not thought that far. It feels almost um, like I'm jinxing it by being like, wow, what am I going to do post-pandemic? So now every, t- every single time I like bring it up, I always, I always temper it with a, you know, should a post-pandemic world exist? Um, mm. But I guess if I was to dream, I would be really looking forward, I think. Okay. So as you know, as we have talked about, you and me individually, off pod, um, food has become a source of entertainment, and it, it always was, but even more so nowadays. Um, and I think the more I think about that, the more I missed the food experiences that I had pre-pandemic. So when Liana and I went to uh, a Vietnamese restaurant at a Lunar New Year's a couple of years ago, and we learned how to make these like traditional little rice um, square things, like little rice packages, and then it was followed by like a nine-course Lunar New Year feast um i miss a little i miss like uh getting to go to these food things like that where i get to cook experience and learn um and then have a chef profit off of me <laughs> i miss giving people money <laughs> yeah what about no, you? I, I mean that sounds like a lovely thing to to be looking forward to i'm certainly missing restaurants absolutely um, something that I saw that, uh, one of our good friends of the pod, our producer, Cody Corral actually, uh, shared today, I think, is that one of the classic bars of, of Chicago closed back in May. Mm-hmm. And so, so many bars are closing. So many restaurants are closing and it seems like you know, there may be temporary closures or they may be permanent and nobody really knows because the food industry, like independent restaurant industry, I should say, has not gotten the support that it needs to survive hmm. from from the federal government. But one of these bars closed back in May and then today it was announced that somebody, just a fan, you know, a patron of the bar is stepping back in to reopen it. 
Wow. That, that yeah, is no. like a, a truly uplifting story that, I mean, it's almost mm-hmm. like a fairy tale at the, in this day and age. Absolutely. But I do think that it points to the ability to like be optimistic and also be creative. Um, I think that the pandemic has kind of robbed me of an ability to think imaginatively in, in some ways because I'm, I just feel so much doom and gloom. You know, so much of the time it's it's such a, a suppressor on on any sort of a, imagination. You have to work really hard, I think, to mm-hmm. imagine something concrete. But something like that just completely lifts my spirits and is like, damn, that's something, you know, that's something that actually happened. Yeah, that I didn't expect that was not in a way I would expect. So I'm looking forward. I know this is kind of like wooby, but I'm looking forward to a lot of solutions in places that we didn't think about mm-hmm. and a lot of community oriented solutions that have been happening this entire time in terms of community members, keeping each other fed and clothed and safe and, and warm as, as, as much as we possibly can mm-hmm. but i'm i'm looking forward to like more big things like that and uh yeah restaurants bars drag shows <laughs> really miss i really really miss nightlife um and i'm someone who would like do nightlife once every two weeks and be like phew that really took it out of me <laughs> um but I'm still looking forward to that, to people just being able to have a good time together. Yeah. If not yeah. for myself, because I also am a very indoors kind of cat. If not for myself, for other people to be able to let loose uh, and have a little bit of, um, I don't know, uh, excitement. The I was also going to say that there was a a website that someone was passing around a couple of days ago that was like create your own bar atmosphere and basically you could like toggle these three switches and one was like noisiness level <laughs> and music level oh. <laughs> and something else level and um you could try to recreate your your favorite experiences i don't know and not just in a bar that's, but like studying at a cafe or something like that that's cute yeah if i find it i'll put a link on it onto the pod description yeah absolutely i think i find it like cuter now that there seems like there will be a solution Um, because I think before anyone was able to get vaccinated something like that to me would be like depressing yeah yeah it'd it'd be a a hollow shell of what once was exactly exactly so yeah yep definitely looking looking forward to the noise which I will be able to tolerate like one hour of and then I'll go home yeah, I feel that deep in my bones. But, but the possibility. Yeah, I want the choice to be stressed out. <laughs> I <don't> want to <laughs> go home. Yep, yep. I want to go to movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I actually just want to be able to take the subway again, to be honest, without without fear. Mm. So we'll see. We'll see when that happens. Anyway. That's just a, a little meander for all of you. Um, I've I've learned that a lot of people listen to this podcast as they're driving. Mm. So I think it's just so fantastic that you do that because you don't actually, like, we don't have to say anything all that meaningful. Uh, we, we can just talk and, like, be your talk radio buddies. Yeah. It's kind of like the opposite of sweeping the, I mean, in a way, maybe, if you think of it, like, as a meditative kind of conversation. But yeah. I was thinking that instead of sweeping out your attic brain you're just filling it with random noise um or it's just like in one ear out the other yeah you know yeah just a straight line of static <laughs> uh just to keep your brain working on something so it doesn't have to focus on anything yeah exactly and that's what we're here for exactly we had termed a spell cast <laughs> we strive to be the meaningless noise that keeps you going and your commute tm uh, anyway, uh, should we should we go toward 
the episode, or do you have some more manner keeping to do? Uh, I don't really have that much manner keeping. Um, you know, life is changing, as it always is, and some things are looking up, and some things are less fun, but it's not really a big deal. Um, so, in conclusion, as you were. Brilliant. <laughs> okay, you want to do the three three sister arcs? Yeah, you know what? Let me introduce the episode. Okay, oh yeah, uh, shoot. All right, ah, sh- lay it on us. Shoot. shoot, okay. Hello and welcome to season two, episode 14 of Charmed. Um, this is Pardon My Past, <laughs> and it's directed by John Perret. And it was written by Michael Gleason and Robert Masello. And this one aired on February 17th, 2000. Woo! Feb 17! Sweet! Sweet indeed. Um, yeah, it aired on Feb 17th, and, and they exactly coordinated, I guess, because the date within the episode that was so important was February 17th. Yeah. Oh my god, you're right, you're right. Boggles my mind when the TV is in the TVs the same time as the outside world. I'm like, how did they do that? Oh my god, this couldn't have been a coincidence. Uh, Okay, Uh, so part of my past, which is, I'm not really sure where they come up with these titles, but it's not their their best work yet. Uh, What do you mean? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> pardon my past i don't know what it means is it oh yeah is it supposed to be a pun it's just like a, it's i think it's just like a play on words a little bit or like play on a phrase a popular phrase like pardon my dust or something you know it's like uh-huh. it, well it's like a very 20s kind of a saying okay yeah 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 you gotta say with that kind of mid-atlantic accent pardon my past past. (laughs) Um, oh excuse me i didn't see you there (laughs) uh all right so this is a show about time travel i mean this is an episode about time travel um welcome to charm to show about time travel yeah uh, kind of in a way it's it's, it's always about the past and the present and occasionally the future oftentimes the future (laughs) Power of three. Oh, yeah. The trifecta. Uh, So let's see what's happening. Let's see what's happening. Prue. Prue is not really doing... I'm reviewing my notes right now. And honestly, I don't really have her name that often in my notes. I I think nothing... She does does the least. Yeah, nothing really happens with her. She basically helps Piper and Phoebe... Um, work out some really, really scary stuff happening in Phoebe's life. Yeah, Prue is the relegated support system, I think, in mm-hmm. this episode. And the relegated terrible wig. Oh, bad, my God, yeah. Bad wig. It's a tough bad wig. Bad wig in this episode. <laughs> Woof. Um, Piper, in this episode, is, is dealing with two things. The Oh, and two people. The first is that She's assisting Phoebe in her baddie of the week, the, you know, plot of, monster of the week plot. And uh, she's also still trying to figure out how she feels about Dan or Leo. Dan or <laughs> Leo. And there's no real conclusion in this episode. It's just that she's still with Dan, but Leo is mortal and Dan is suspicious of of Leo's inability to be found anywhere in public record. Oh yeah, I guess that is a drama that we should be looking forward to in future episodes. But um, whoop, whoop, whoop. Dan is going to investigate. He's on the tra- he's on the hunt, on the trail. Like a beagle after a long nap. <laughs> I meant to say he's Just... on the case. I don't know where I got the hunt from. I don't um... know. I like it, though. <laughs> All right. Um, Dan the Beagle. Beagler alarm. All right. Let me freaking my computer. Okay, I got it. I got it. 
So Phoebe, she's she's the big one. She's the one that we're dealing with the most this episode. Um, her past life is coming to warn her because apparently every February 17th in successive lives, she is cursed to die. So she's got to deal with that. And that's a, it's a whole thing. Yeah, don't know why it didn't happen last year, but it's, you know, okay. <laughs> yeah, I, sure. extremely confused. I, I think that, as with most Charmed episodes, they introduce a concept that I find inherently really interesting, like the concept of past lives. And then they uh, don't do a lot with it. They go in an entirely different yeah. direction than I'm hoping and expecting. But we shall get into that. Yeah, yeah. This is This is an episode of a lot of time travel mumbo-jumbo. Um, which can be fun sometimes. And like you said, like the past lives concept is fun, uh, but they kind of flub it up a bit. (laughs) It doesn't, it's kind of hard to track. There's not really a satisfying logical conclusion to like how they fixed things. Um, But also it doesn't really matter. Yeah, it it doesn't matter. I I think in general though, it's hard for me to think about Charmed as a drama because it seems to me like everything just kind of resets at the beginning of every episode. So even yeah. like really interesting concepts that you think would change a lot of how we think about the characters, like past lives, I feel like that's a big thing. Like, okay, well, were they always destined to be the Charmed ones? Were there Charmed ones in their past lives? Like that concept alone, I think, makes you rethink dynamics a lot but we just brush past it and basically by the end of the episode we've reset to where we were at the beginning yeah absolutely the like time travel that happens in this in this episode in in phoebe switching places with her past life or like having eyes into her past life in order to figure out what's plaguing her in the present it's um it doesn't make a lot of sense because she is transported back to the 1920s and uh, she's a, a vampy loves or curses witch, you know, <laughs> the the village witch, village but she's witch. very glamorous and she's a high society witch and she runs a speakeasy with her cousins who are the equivalent of Prue and Piper, but they run the speakeasy out of the manor still so uh, i guess it wasn't a family home and also when they have this plot about going to a successor or a a living someone who is still living who remembers the 1920s and remembers this party incident um this person still remembers phoebe (laughs) And still talks as if she is a child, like she has not changed one bit since the scene from the twenties. Yeah, I we're supposed to like believe it's some sort of like dementia or something or regressive behavior, but it but it is quite weird. But it, it just the logic of some oop, I just dropped my pencil. The logic of somebody looking the same being in the family home but not being related as like as a bloodline does i don't i don't get it yeah it doesn't quite add up especially if i'm okay okay i guess they did kind of mention that the old lady may have recognized phoebe because she recognized phoebe's soul which i guess we can kind of hand wave as that's why they look the same in the past um, but then there were, like, other moments where it was, like, Dan's past soul was also there, and he was married to Phoebe's, not Phoebe, Piper's past soul. So, like, everyone, I guess, has past lives, and it's not just, like, a, a witchy, magical kind of thing. Yeah. There, the circumstances, the logic, the logic for why any of this happened doesn't really add up. Mm-hmm. And then, The okay. math doesn't math. Last last thing that I think is an inconsistency. Um, they said that Piper's previous lover before she had married Dan was uh, Leo's past life. But Leo 
could have been alive during this past life. Like he might have died around the World War One, but that was probably like 1914, 1915. And if this is only the 1920s, then he could have definitely still been alive during this same time frame. Yeah, wait a minute. That could have been regular Leo, not Leo's past life. That doesn't make sense at all. Ah, I don't think that any of the plot made a whole lot of sense, but I do think that this was a fun episode. Yeah. Okay, let's let's put aside our what what do they call it again? Suspend our disbelief. And uh, let's talk about Suspend the episode. Suspend our suspicion. Yes. Let's talk about the episode. Dispel what did our you think, suspicion. Bryce? Suspend our disbelief. Um I think I think if you get past all of the like, wow, past lives and wow, why how how would this lady remember them uh, 80 years later and all that stuff? I think it is actually really fun. I think it is fun to see Phoebe play a different kind of character. I guess I guess um, Alyssa Milano play a different kind of character. And I think it is fun to kind of imagine what it would have been like if Phoebe was a bad witch. I also think it's hilarious that when they need to um, designate, designate someone not only as glamorous, but also as evil, they have to give you like really dark eyebrows. Um, so she's got some strong, <laughs> strong eyebrow game in this episode. Strong eyebrows, bold lipstick, mm-hmm. very dark wig, mm-hmm. and red. Red is yep. a very important color to be able to distinguish someone whose uh, sex appeal is intertwined with their villainy. Yep. That's exactly it. As we all know, villainy is gay. <laughs> oh, and you also um, have to have a mole because nothing nothing oh, yeah. screams evil like a birthmark. <laughs> or like a penciled on mole. Yeah. <laughs> I gotta look evil. I'm gonna give myself a beauty mark. Ooh. <laughs> um, so in general, I really enjoyed these other sides of the character. I also really enjoyed um, like the back and forth between the past and the present and how there's like such a very contrived but also kind of stressful um, situation towards the end where they're like, okay, we have to get... Um, okay, so the situation is that they, there's an amulet that like increases Phoebe's powers threefold and they need the sisters in the present time need to go and take the amulet off of current Phoebe because current Phoebe has switched with past Phoebe and if they take this amulet off then past Phoebe will switch back into her past life and current Phoebe can come back to her current life but then as soon as that happens they need to put the amulet immediately back on so that Phoebe in her current life can withstand the uh the curse that would kill her on february 17th in her successive lives yes i think you got it i think i did it was a lot it was kind of fun so all in all uh an episode that once again has confused and befuddled me but if you just forget about that and you just don't listen to logic it's kind of fun Oh, hi, Bryce. Oh, hi, Shana. You know how we've always said that we've got the best sponsors in the world? Those were fake. We don't have any sponsors. For once, you are incorrect. We have the best sponsor in the world, especially if you're looking for creative, comfy, silly, but earnest movie merch. Super Yaki has original t-shirts, sweatshirts, pins, National Treasure, Spy Kids, Nora Ephron, Star Wars, Judy Greer, Josie and the Pussycats, Jordan Peele, John Carpenter, and so much more. Bryce, do you have a favorite design? Oh, heck yeah, I do. I really love their dad hat that says music by John Carpenter on it and is in a nice burnt orange color. Ah, you look like such a good dad in that. Heck yeah, I do. You're doing great, kids. Plus, the team at Super Yaki screen prints all their apparel using eco-friendly, 100% water-based inks and ships with compostable poly mailers for an environmentally friendly alternative to online shopping. And as a special gift to you, listeners can save 10% on their order with code SUPERFRIEND, all caps, no spaces, at checkout. So that's SUPERFRIEND, S-U-P-E-R-F-R-I-E-N-D. So check them out. Get yourself a new outfit to spice up your comfy movie-binging quarantine lifestyle and support the USPS. What could be better? 
visit them at superyaki.com. That's S-U-P-E-R-Y-A-K-I dot C-O-M. I think actually what's more fun about this episode is that it takes a lot of pleasure in stylistic choices. Mm, okay. So they do they do a lot of visual stuff that they don't do in other episodes. For instance, doing the point of view when Phoebe first regresses to her past life and like enters that world and the camera gets to like be Phoebe's eyes and go up into the manor and and look around at the period scene that they've laid and everything like that. That's kind of fun. Ah, you're so right. And then yeah, which we, you know, we don't see a lot. I there are some episodes of Charm that have a very distinctive quality that's like, oh, whoever the director was like really had an idea for this episode and I think this is one of those. Mm-hmm. Um so there's that. There's also seeing Phoebe and seeing Alyssa Milano get to act a different way is always fun. But there are, like, very distinctive angles and things that are used that are, I don't think, used in a lot of other episodes. Like, it doesn't feel like a flat sitcom episode. Like, there are Dutch angles, and there are way lower angles, and there are way higher angles, and there are lighting changes that happen uh, when, like, something dramatic is happening. Like, when... uh, past Phoebe or like past life Phoebe and her evil warlock lover come back and they're in the manor to meet Prue and Piper and Leo and try to kill them in the present. They enter the manor and there's Phoebe and Anton, I think his his Mm. evil warlock name is. Mm -hmm. They're sitting in the, the sunroom and there are like red and green lights that mm-hmm. are happening on the sides of their faces. And, like, Phoebe is sitting in this big uh, rattan chair and, like, kind of kind of assuming a, like, an, almost like a Scarface mm-hmm. pose. <laughs> like, she's the big mafia boss mm-hmm. now. She, evil Phoebe. Um, and it's just very fun. I think it's a different aesthetic and it's, like, very marked changes. And I, I really enjoyed that. Uh, I, I think it's actually really, um, I think it's very perceptive that you were able to call out how the form, I guess we would call it the form, um, is introduced here to not only be um, just like a thing that carries, that you view the show through, but like it helps stylize the actual content, the actual substance. Because um, I would not have picked up on that. I'm very just much like, okay, the TV is happening. This is the story now. <laughs> I well, I think that happens for a lot of episodes, um, and I would even say like this episode, and then another episode that we didn't really like that much, which was the one where Piper is in the hospital and like is infected by the evil sleeping fungus mm-hmm. or whatever. Like, but that's another episode that had like a very distinct choice behind we're going to make this a certain kind of episode. Like, this is going to be the procedural episode, and we're oh, going to look mm. a little bit like ER. Yeah. Um, so it was. that's still something that sticks out in my brain, whereas there are other episodes that are filmed in kind of flat ways that, like, unless it's a really memorable plot, they just kind of disappear from my brain yeah. altogether. That's That's a good point. And I think that I, when I think about it more, I think about how right you are that they really did inject a lot more life with the camera angles and movement. Because I do remember when we were walking around following um, Past Life Phoebe in the manor, I felt like I was seeing more of the manor than I've ever seen before. Like, I think we get the same, like, three shots of the sunroom and the kitchen and whatever. But when we walk around following her, it's almost like there are so many more rooms and there's so many more spaces and like corners of this house that I haven't seen before yet. Yeah, and tchotchkes and like, yeah, set up. It is, you're right. It's a completely different view of, of something that's very familiar, so, which is fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I like, I like that kind of stuff about this episode. That's true. And of, of course, Alyssa Milano getting to act uh, in this very like, uh, 
not melodramatic really, although that that does happen at the end of the episode, but this very affect heavy mm. kind of style, like just reveling in this like drama of of a witch in the twenties. Mm-hmm. It's fun and it's silly and, and also an illicit romance and an evil illicit romance. I I mean I didn't care at all for the makeouts. I thought they were so over the top and kind of gross. Um, yeah, I didn't care very much for Anton in general. Exactly, exactly. And not just because yeah, he's like to... evil, but because he's just like a bad character. Yeah. Oh, he's just kind of blah. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Keep picking blah guys. Bring back John Cho. <laughs> Uh, oh, so sad. I know. I keep I keep wondering, like, what is going through the mind of the writers and the casting directors? Like, I assume that just like they have to pick a bad guy of the week, they have to pick a guy of the week. But why is it always such the like a bland kind of like person that you truly do not care about? Right. Oh, I mean, I guess it's part of it is that they move on so quickly uh, from each yeah. dude. That it has to be someone who's not that memorable and not that exciting. Yeah, but I hate that every episode they're like, you got to remember this guy. Like, this guy's who we're interested in now. And every single time I'm like, he's not going to stick around. And I, like, we didn't set him up to be an interesting person. Yeah, yeah, no, you're right. I mean, <laughs> far be it for me to defend casting bland men. <laughs> um, so I, I agree with you there. It's just kind of meh. What do you think about the discussion of inherent evil in all of us? Oh, I don't know. I mean, I think <laughs> that that's something that I didn't think about too much in this episode. Um, I think because they've covered it before in, yeah. in more interesting ways. And it was done like better the, with Piper. Definitely. Definitely done better with Piper. But also with Phoebe, I think, at the the first episode of the second season, right? Oh, yes, yes. I'm vaguely remembering that now. Yeah, Witch Trial. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which, to me, is a standout episode. Um, if we're yeah. if we're talking about, like, style and then also story coming together. Mm-hmm. Like, that was, that was a concept episode. <laughs> that was art house. That was... That, Art house, <laughs> art house charmed. <laughs> no, but it was just like it had a really strong beginning, middle, end, and you were like, oh, and something did actually change about the series going forward. Mm-hmm. It felt like there was there was an to me there was an added element of this morality clause. Mm-hmm. There are consequences. Yeah, there are consequences. So, I think they've already explored this in more interesting ways and like this could have gone further and been more interesting but i but in this episode to me it just seemed like it was just an excuse to like play around a little bit mm-hmm. i do think... it didn't it didn't feel that deep uh, yeah i i think you're right like this episode in general just did not feel that deep although it was quite fun to see the past i do love the 20s it's the 20s again oh weird uh. <laughs> oh weird um but i I think that it's interesting, at least, like, on a meta level, how they keep using Phoebe as kind of a question mark. It's kind of like, does she turn evil in the future? Was she evil in the past? Who knows? What is her, what, who is mm. she on the inside? That's so interesting. I hadn't thought about that. Yeah, I guess she has. She has had more of those episodes than anyone. Hmm... Hmm, interesting. It might just be... Well, the the way she came into the series was as a more ambiguous character. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily like she was evil, but just that she made choices that were not as mm, smiled upon, mm-hmm. perhaps, by her, her more prudent sisters. Haha, <laughs> prudent. Mm. Um... So I guess that you're right, that there's always kind of a chance. And she's she's the youngest. Mm-hmm. Uh, even even though Piper is starting out on a new venture and Prue quit the auction house, Phoebe still seems like the most 
impressionable. Yeah, that's a really good word. Ah, thank you. It's like you write or <laughs> something. SAT word. <laughs> well, jokes on you. For all, for all, simple... for all of our. Sorry, what were you gonna say? Oh, go ahead. Oh, for all of our high school listeners, don't study for the SAT. Just listen to this podcast, and you'll get all of your English. Uh, I don't know what they call them. Keywords, whatever. Words. Words. <laughs> um, flashcard yes, words. Certainly, you'll get them here. Certainly. Yeah, maybe don't buy from Bryce. <laughs> it might be fake. It might just say... I I don't know. I can't remember any words now either. Don't buy them from me. <laughs> um, yeah, but I, I think that Phoebe... It's so interesting because I think that Phoebe has a really strong moral compass. Yeah, and she... Even though you said she's kind of an ambiguous character, I feel like pretty early on we establish her as like a character who knows who she is yeah exactly that's what it feels like it's just that she is younger and full of possibility mm -hmm. so so it's it is interesting i i hadn't really connected how many times she goes into the future or past or like has has a questionable outcome mm-hmm I think this is the first time, though, where they kind of end on it saying, on them discussing the possibility of evil within and being like, you know, it's not, it's not bad. It's okay to be bad, like, once in a while. Um, yeah. Which I think is a different, I, yeah, go on. I didn't really, like, I didn't feel that as, like, a particularly real thing that they were saying. Mm. To me, that, like, little scene at the end between between Prue and Phoebe was just kind of more like teasing and like cute. Mm -hmm. It That's the way I read it of like, oh, but it's fun to be bad every once in a while. Like, it's fun to get dressed up and go out and like sleep with a guy or something like that. It didn't, it didn't feel very much like evil. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there was no reckoning like there has been in previous episodes. Yeah. This, you're right, this was an episode of No Consequence. It just kind of resets. Uh -huh. It's it's still setting up a conflict between Dan and Leo and Piper. Uh -huh. But other than that, there didn't seem to be too much. Other than Phoebe's still in college. Oh yeah, that's really fun too. So and they all get to she's wear continuing. 1920s clothing. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, the I don't know that that conversation of like it's good to be bad didn't didn't really stoke too much in me on a deeper level. Mm -hmm. There was no import in it, um, which to relate it back to your newsletter, subscribe at Shana. Wait, is it Shana Macy dot Substack? Oh my God, you got it! Oh my God. <laughs> That was that was off the off the cuff right there. Um, I just have it tattooed in my brain. I guess it's just instinctual. Um, wow. Anyway, so if you go and see her latest newsletter, uh, Shayna writes about Mrs. Fletcher and the discussion of using the word pervert to describe Mrs. Fletcher and her uh, I, I don't know fantasies. Um, her bur burgeoning sexuality. Yeah, yeah. And uh, that kind of is a discussion of what we think... Okay, you're scared of this thing because you think it's not allowed or you think it's like... Um, uh, I don't... What's a good word? It's a word that means bad, but that is, sounds more intellectual than bad. Um, <laughs> like it's off limits. Yeah, yeah. And uh, using the word instead to show um to to give permission and to show uh give more depth to the character um and allow her to explore herself more um anyway the whole point is for you to subscribe to that to their <laughs> <laughs> to their newsletter but also to say that that was a, a way in which you can discuss like inner uh conflicting i don't know sides of oneself 
um, but in a more like nuanced way and to have a more of an impactful outcome from it. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, everybody watch Mrs. Fletcher is my, is my plug. Um, cause I think it's quite a fun show. It's on HBO max. Uh, but I can see how the, the two would relate of this kind of like out of bounds feeling that now that you're a good witch, <laughs> as it were, um, there are a lot of things that are off limits and that are unavailable and strict, like not even strictly forbidden, but just like good witches don't do that. Uh-huh. They don't do that. But since Prue and, and Piper and Phoebe are, are not just good witches, they're human beings. Uh-huh. I can see the possibility of opening up to like, well, it's good to be bad every once in a while. It, or we're just fallible because we're human. Yeah. Um, and I think that you have a really great phrase in your in your newsletter where you talk about the rigidity of um, how you're supposed to label yourself and how you're supposed to conform to that label. And uh, I think that good witch is ultimately another label. Ooh. Mic drop. <laughs> um, anyway, those are all the thoughts that I've been able to scrounge up in the last hour. I have none, <laughs> none left. Um, well, I, I have a question for you, Bryce, oh. actually. Okay. Um, which is, if you had to imagine a past life, past version of yourself, uh, what do you think it would be? And is that something that you believe in? Ooh, okay. Um, okay, it, to answer the latter, is it something I believe in? I don't know. Not yet. I, I mean, I don't know if I believe in the afterlife or if I believe in... I'm not a very spiritual person, although I think I do have um, melodramatic tendencies that would love... That would make me really ripe for a spiritual environment. But I don't have a I don't have a really religious background, so I think that I am not sure yet where I fall along, what I believe in terms of beyond the physical plane, um, which I think is where a lot of people first get their start in thinking more spiritually. Um, so I don't know yet if I believe in a past life, but I would say that if I did have a past life, and I say this often to people <laughs> is that it would definitely be some kind of like guinea pig or like small rodent creature because I am most definitely a prey animal. I'm fearful of the outdoors and of open spaces um, and I would be a burrowing animal as well. Oh, <laughs> oh man. <laughs> um, and, and, and you also as well, what, what, what about your past life? Stay safe, little buddy. <laughs> um, I I believe in I believe in past lives to an extent. I think, um, I don't know. I I am a religious person, but I don't subscribe to a very strict dogma. Mm-hmm. I would say, um, for me, religion is is. Certainly about tradition, <laughs> and tradition. it's about uh, tradition. <laughs> it's it's kind of oh. like it's like I press a button every time I say that. You have to finish this, this, the rest of the song. Oh, I do. You can't leave it hanging. <laughs> Actually, uh, that reminds me that I had a song. Oh, okay, I found it. Um, it my my song that I came up with for this episode was uh when we're in the past and dan is a musician and, and piper is his wife was um sing him a song dan's the piano man <laughs> <laughs> anyway that yeah another genius composition <laughs> from the mind of me <laughs> um uh, comedic gold thank you thank you okay so as i was saying tradition <laughs> tradition it is something that's very important to my my own spirituality and my own, you know, connection to Judaism. Um, <laughs> imagine, religion is my connection to religion. But <laughs> I think growing up, I was like a very spiritual kid in that I didn't necessarily know things about religion other than like, you know, Sunday school and Hebrew thing. Hebrew school things um 
but I didn't know like the mechanics of a lot of stuff. I didn't really necessarily know the theology behind a lot of things, but I would like go into like a backyard and like try to talk to the nature spirits mm. in the trees and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that the concept of past lives still fits into that like inner child imagining mm-hmm. for me. I know that it is a very serious belief for a lot of grown adults. Um, but I think for me, it's just kind of something that's like, in the back of my mind when I'm when something unexpected happens and I'm like oh yeah I guess there's a higher power Uh or like oh yeah I guess this is a past life thing or something like that Uh it's not something that I've I've cultivated as a belief it's just something that's always been there um so I definitely think that I like had a a past life or something because the idea that these few li- these few years that I spend on this earth are the entirety of my being is like weird to contemplate, mm. right? Maybe I was some dirt or some grass or something. In my most excited imaginings, I was like a witch <laughs> or something or like, uh, I don't know, a chef. <laughs> so I was I was a human form mm-hmm. and. I created things and I was excited by life. Mm-hmm. Um, you do have a Julia Child's vibe kind of around you. Oh, shit. It's me, <laughs> Julia Child. <laughs> when when did she pass away? I think when I was born, ah. I, she was probably still alive. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh when I was born. <laughs> Wait, I'm looking it up right now. You're going to you're going to hear the typing. Julia Child. <laughs> no, she was. She died in two thousand four. Ah. Um, <laughs> ah, foiled. Ah, shit. We almost found it. Uh, but no, I. I feel. I feel like if, if I am lucky, my past life was a a human life that. Created something and like was very. In connection and. And could communicate with whatever they did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that if there is a past life for all of us, then your past life, I mean, I would imagine would be just as thoughtful and just as um, protective and imaginative as your current life. Oh, thank you. I think that I probably learned from my past life. Yeah. But I also think your past life might have been a learner, like still trying to take in information, still trying to figure it all out. Oh, thanks, Bryce. No prop. That's that's my thinking. That's my thoughts right there. We run out of the thoughts, I, though. Yeah, of course. I do. I do like the thought of you as a, a small animal. I think that's. Um, <laughs> I think that's quite funny. I, and, I'm a burrow and also creature. works and also works um oh my god that reminds me of the halloween costume that we've already decided mm-hmm, on mm-hmm. oh god i don't know if we can tell you guys no we can't but but just know that it's oh, the perfect thing oh god okay just know that it connects exactly to what we think our past lives were <laughs> um <laughs> as as evidence for why i think my past life was a burrowing animal as well as a prey animal um, is because sometimes when I wake up, I'm like completely in a different alignment with my bed. Like I would be like, um, <laughs> I don't know, perpendicular to it or whatever. Uh, like I'm standing. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I just be like in a different arrangement. And I like to think that it's because when I'm asleep, my sleeping self is like, oh, too hot. And I like burrow down on my covers looking for a cold spot. And then I find a cold spot. I'm like, yes. And I just settle there. Like a little animal. Yep. That's very sweet. <laughs> okay. Um. Oh. oh. Okay. Yeah. Oh. Oh. Okay. F- final thoughts. Oh, final thoughts. Uh, I just have a few thoughts that I really loved about this episode that wait, I wanted wait. to mention. Demon, demon death, and then final thoughts. Oh, uh, sure. Uh, well, uh, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. 
because they're not really final thoughts. They're just they're just moments. Okay, I'm always happy to hear those. Uh, I'll go quickly then, so we can get to your final thoughts. One point five out of five, Jeremy's. I think that if we're looking at the death of uh, Anton as the demon death, it was kind of lackluster. Basically, Phoebe has a fire power, and um, it <laughs> it gets it gets uh, used against her, and it like hits um, Anton with uh, with with Prue's like telepathic energy, and then he bursts into flames. Yeah, it's pretty lame. I would give it a one point five as well. Cool. It's there's no sound. Oh yeah. He's, like, not yelling or anything. He's just kind of looking confused. <laughs> As we are, very, the, list, very... the watchers looking upon. Yeah. He's like, what am I supposed to do? And we're like, well, I don't know, buddy. What are you supposed to do? He's like, well, die, I guess. Die, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah, 1.5 seems like a very fair conclusion. Uh, I Okay, so my little moments that I loved... Um, or that one of my favorite trope comes up, which is admitting the truth in a way that makes it seem like it's too much of a lie to ever be the real truth. Um, and that is when Dan is trying to make sure that Piper is like, knows who's working for her and like has a weird feeling about Leo. And Piper is like, oh, you don't need to worry about Leo. He's an angel. <laughs> Oh yeah. Ha, 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 Aha. Ha. Aha. Um other other moments. Uh Piper in her nineteen twenties self uh going up to the bar and going, Hurry up with that giggle water. Oh my goodness gracious. I do love the twenties talk. Ah, uh, so stupid. Um Prue's wig is terrible. Um, I love that. <laughs> I love how dramatic everybody is when they're in the 20s mm. um, with that transatlantic sort of approximation mm-hmm. of an accent. Um, a line from Phoebe, which is, hey, can we get back to my problem? <laughs> she has a big love problem. That. She's got a big problem. Oh, and in the past, when Phoebe and Piper and Prue are all fighting... Prue does like a massive jump kick. Yeah. <laughs> like obvious stunt person to take Phoebe out. And I thought it was hilarious. There were a lot of like stunts li- or like physical work in uh-huh. this in this episode as well, which again makes me think that the director had a very specific vision of what he wanted this to be. Uh-huh. But it, I thought that was really fun. Just sailing through the air in a flapper's <laughs> dress and a terrible wig. I'm thinking 1920s um, crime drama. That's the vision the director had. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can see that. And, uh... Oh, and then there was one moment that I actually did appreciate, which was when Anton was, like, fooling everyone and there was a body switch fake out. That actually, it made me, like, jump a little bit. Hmm. It's like what's going on? Yeah. So so those those were the things that I appreciated about this episode, some favorite moments. Um and overall this episode was it, it was pretty enjoyable. Yeah. I hated less about it than I did about animal pragmatism. God, animal pragmatism, terrible episode. Oh yeah, cursed Just episode. Like so unpleasant to watch. <laughs> you said it. Ugh. Um, uh, yeah, go on. I, before we get to final thoughts and goodbyes, I guess just like wrap up goodbyes. Mm-hmm. Um, I would like to say something that I'm very excited about Ooh. if you got to the end of this episode, which okay. is that, uh, Bryce and I watched the entirety of a different television series. Oh, we, well, which... I'm almost about to watch the entirety of it. But we oh will God, have. You're not done. Well, by the time this okay. is aired, we'll ha- we we will we will have. We will have, and we were thinking we would do a special episode on a different series altogether, because it's another portrayal of witches, it, which it, I don't think we we watch a whole lot or like have the capacity <laughs> to watch an entire other series, 
But our next episode is going to take a break from Charmed, and we're going to be looking at WandaVision. Exciting. Exciting. Um, Exciting. (laughs) And I mean, if you subscribe to Shana's newsletter, you probably get a really big hint (laughs) about what's upcoming. Yeah, absolutely. It's great. It's great. It's so good. Um, Not the show, just like what I'm excited about the show for. (laughs) Just, Just me talking. I'm really excited about it. I'm really excited about me talking. No, I'm I'm really excited about gay witches. Mm-hmm. Um, welcome to Charmed to Spellcast. <laughs> That's the show. That's the show. So, any final thoughts, Bryce? I've exhausted all my final thoughts, but I really liked your ending moments. So, I wanna I wanna keep those as the final thing we talk about. Okay, well that sounds good to me. Um, my advice to everyone is be a little bad. <laughs> It's okay to be bad <laughs> once in a while, you know. So, it's just like so, like hee hee hee. Yeah. Uh, but you know what? Have fun. Be bad, but you know, keep yourself and your your uh, friends and neighbors safe. Mm-hmm. Um, that's all I got. And who are we? You ask. Oh, do you? Uh, okay, you got nothing else before I say. I got on. nothing else. <laughs> I think I blew up. You my said mind. like five times throughout this episode. I have no no more <laughs> thoughts. No, no thoughts. Smooth brain. Smooth I don't, brain. <laughs> I don't know why you think that thoughts would suddenly come to me. There's none here. I I just no idea. Um. Anyway, hi, I'm Shayna. <laughs> you can find me at Bernadette Teeters on Instagram or at Bernie Teeters on Twitter. And my newsletter is shanamacy.substack.com. And I talk about gays and, and gals that uh, make cinema worth watching. Yeah, it's really good. Shana's an amazing writer. Um, I think you recently had an article on, like, Paste Magazine or something like that. That was really good. I did. I had two articles up at Paste. Ooh. It was, it was fantastic. I think I only read one of them so far. I'm sorry. I'm a bad friend. But... I liked it. Oh my god! So I recommend you, Bryce. All. What? Okay. Seriously, so, the uh, best friend ever. You did. stop. You just like plugged uh, my stuff like three times during this episode. Uh, I'm gonna move past it. Who are you? I'm moving past it. Who okay, are you? So I'm Bryce. You can find me at your best Bryce on Instagram. Also at food, Finish Foodstagram. Um, yes. And together we make Charmed to Spellcast, and you can find us at Charmed Spellcast on Instagram. And you can write to us. Please write to us. We love it when you write to us and tell us how weird we are. CharmedSpellcast at gmail.com. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Stay safe. Continue to wear a mask. Please, please, please. Get your vaccine if it's available to you. We love you. Goodbye. Goodbye. And now. Some music to sweep the manor to. been listening to earbud media production earbud media audio for everyone